to Crooked News. You're not listening to Crooked News. <laughs> I that's was like, not- I didn't know we were starting with that. No, that's not correct at all. Uh, you're listening to Talk Crooked. <laughs> You're listening to Talk Cricket, the social justice and comedy podcast for two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. While enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. And I'm Carrie. And go ahead and pause this. Get your shots. I have a Jello shot tonight. Because she's fancy. <laughs> yeah, I'm real fancy. Someone brought it to me at work. <laughs> I could Ready? probably die, but you know what? It is what it is. It could, yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, Go! go! Oh, that was so good. I love jello shots. I do too. They're fucking dangerous. You're like, I love jello shots too now. Well, I've had them before. I've had one and I love them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My first one was like black cherry jello with Roman Coke. Ooh. Mm hmm. Well, that's very fancy. Shit was good. Fancy, fancy. I got it when I okay. stepped in for my mom to play Bunko. Oh, she plays drunk Bunko? Uh, That's what Bunko's been missing. <laughs> it's really oh fun. And I would absolutely be in a Bunko club if there was alcohol. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it was like an elementary school teacher that brought the Jello shots. And you had. Oh, I thought you meant you were in elementary school. I'm so sorry. Oh. I totally misheard you. I was like, and you had a Jello shot when you were in elementary school? <laughs> I'm Catholic, oh Carrie. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm kidding. That's I'm not, not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about converting, and then I was like, I don't think so. No. <laughs> There's a lot of rules in Catholicism. <laughs> it's too much for me, so. <laughs> oh, All goodness. Right. Well, hi, guys. Happy Monday. Oh, and what Even a Monday though- it's been. <laughs> this week has been a Monday for me. But it's I, Friday for us, but yeah, <laughs> I finally don't feel fucking sick anymore. So I actually was able to run on the treadmill last night, which was really nice. And yeah, I'm still phlegmy, but my chest isn't tight anymore. I can breathe. So yeah, I'm just continuing to like blast my sinuses with saline and hawk loogies like it's my job. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure all my coworkers are sick of hearing me go <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All still day long. I'm still doing uh, Allegra in the morning and Benadryl at night, but shit, I feel good. Like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I do Benadryl at night for sure because mm-hmm. it helps me sleep. <laughs> <coughs> but <clears throat> ooh, look at you! Yeah, it's great. Go down the wrong pipe? No, it was just residual. You cough. just breathed. Yeah, breathed wrong. <laughs> Because I live in a state that hates me. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Let's go back to the motherland. All right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I have a quick corrections corner. Okay. Um, as we call it. Sorry, I totally stole that from MFM, but I just have a quick (laughs) correction from our uh, toxic work environment Mm -hmm. episode. So, um, I know that I bitched a lot about where I worked, (laughs) about where (laughs) I work in that episode. Yeah. Um, but since we have published that episode, which was a while, we recorded that a while ago. Yeah. We Um, recorded that back in fucking December, like early December, early December when we were preparing for the holidays. So I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer that since, since that is since we released that episode, um, 
they are completely restructuring things where I work. Um, things are moving towards a much more positive work environment. Um, not at all due to the release of that episode. Just to be clear, <laughs> they don't listen. Thank God, or I'd be fucking fired. But um, <laughs> they um, like um, I've also been offered a promotion and all kinds of really cool stuff is happening. And I think it's going to be a lot better in the future. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> guys, I'm just as a quick update, you know, so. Really cool things. If we things. can get them to be, if we can get them to to budge on the vacation days and make things a little more flexible, I think we'll be good to go. Yeah, because my supervisor today was talking about how as long as you know, happy reps make a happy, make a better business. You know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, then you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to let us go when we want to go, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're you're gonna have to let me go on vacation when I want to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. You're telling me I I can I can go to Florida once a year and then that's it. <laughs> I don't get to go to Scotland with my mom or enjoy the bukus of money I'm going to be making now. Like, yeah, no. Anyway, like, mm, let's try that again, sir. Um, I'm really excited but, for you. Like, I'm excited for both of us. We've both got a lot of really cool shit coming up. And I was yeah. actually like gushing to my therapist about how excited I am for this year for both of us. Yeah, um, it's going to be yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. We're going to be really busy for the next few months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both <laughs> of us. Um, oh, God. Sorry, I got hiccups all of a sudden. Gross. Um, <clears throat> like wet hiccups. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I'm going to drink. But yeah, good things are happening. Mm-hmm. I'm Back really- on the exercise horse, trying to be healthy. Yeah, I'm really excited about my internship. I have my orientation a week from today. Yay! So, yeah. Um, so exciting. Yeah, pretty much all of my syllabi are posted. So Sunday night is going to be spent like reading over all of them and like taking the quizzes that I have to take and. Mm-hmm. Getting everything ready. I've got like the cutest school sc- oh, wow school supplies now. <laughs> uh, I'm nice. drinking. Yeah, sh- Kay's drunk already. <laughs> I'm drinking red wine tonight because <coughs> that's look at you moving up in the world. Yeah, I gotta work on my heart health. It's it has slowly been climbing since the year started. So yay! Yeah, yeah. red wine is very good for your heart. Yeah, well, I have a shitty heart anyway, so I have to... You don't have a shitty heart, Kay. Oh, my God. No, like, seriously, I was born with a shitty heart. Like, I have to take care of it. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was not at all a joke. Like, Oh, my God. That was super dark. (laughs) It's fine. I'm over it. We we literally had to monitor my heart for, like, years. Because it's shit. Oh, it's bad at being a heart. Yeah. <laughs> In every way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, um. Oh, oh, whoa. Hold up. Well, what? A puppy came in. Oh, okay. Come here, honey. Don't <clears throat> I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, season two of Sex Education. I watched it. It's uh-huh. amazing. I cried. Did you watch it yet? I've been so busy with work. I have not. But I'm going to. Um, I'm going to you tomorrow Boo. night. <laughs> going Boo. to you tomorrow night. I'm going to watch some of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Boo! <laughs> Sorry. Quit booing me. <laughs> it's so good. It's <laughs> so good. We have to talk about it. You got to watch it. Okay. So, yeah. I will. Education's coming out. Uh, there's a new season of Sabrina. I'm trying to think what else. We went and saw Like a Boss. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a sh- there's a Stephen King show that's coming out that oh, we yes. are both so excited about. And we're going to book club it. And I it's going to be awesome. I think it's already out. I think it's already started. Oh, fuck. Really? Yes. Because they were talking about it on MFM. And, of course, Georgia hated it because she hates everything. But, like. <sighs> Shit. Um, fuck me up, man. Like, I love me some Stephen King. I know you do. He, he is my. I love all the actors that are in it. Like, I'm. Yeah really excited and i'm really excited that jason bateman directed it and is in it like yeah i love him i'm so excited that he's stretching himself and doing like darker shit instead of just comedy like Mm -hmm. i just i'm proud of i get proud of people when they (laughs) when they advance their careers like that you know not that he needs my encouragement he's super fucking successful dude but like (laughs) i think it's really cool when people stretch themselves out of the out of that bubble because Hollywood always puts people into these boxes, you know, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, no, you do romantic comedies and that's like all you do. And oh, no, you just do TV and oh, you just do this or whatever. And like he's Mm -hmm. really people are really trying to break, break that. And I think that's really cool. And we should support that. Yeah, we should. Bill Hader did a really good job of doing (laughs) that this year with it. Chapter two. Yeah, like, but he was he, funny. Like, well, I he mean, was still funny in it. He he was, you know? but it was really hard <laughs> for him to do a darker movie like that. Like I've watched yeah, interviews true. with him where he like <laughs> Andy Muschietti had to keep pulling him aside and be like, "Hey, you have to look scared. You can't. You cannot. You're afraid. <laughs> you can't sit here and like giggle because <laughs> hey guys, Pennywise is coming." <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Right? I oh, do too. Oh my god, I love him so much. Mm-hmm. He's stretching himself with Barry too, so Oh yeah. Mm. I'm really excited to watch that. I still haven't. Mm-hmm. It's sitting on my entertainment center, but it's in my voodoo. Anyway, so I might watch I it a little bit tomorrow get, at work. <laughs> I guess we're gonna have to get uh HBO back. So <laughs> yeah. we can watch The Outsider. <laughs> Not to be confused with the outsiders. Totally different. Yeah. So, okay. So, this is not what we're talking about. No. But, um, today, um, we're going to have kind of an interesting episode today. We, we went down a psychological rabbit hole with this concept. Which oh, was really, did really cool. we? Yes. Yeah. So, um, it absolutely was not what I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> when we started. I thought it was something totally different. And then I got to the definition and then I texted Kay and I was like did you know that this is not that and she was like oh yeah (laughs) I was like wow you're like so much smarter than me okay no like Um, I very (laughs) recently took um that's fair I took psychology like I took psych 101 my the first semester of my freshman year of college which was in 2007 oh my god (laughs) yeah so that was a long it was a bit of a bit of a while ago (laughs) (laughs) been a little while um, yeah, um, and I don't think we got into this much in our in in my in my class though. So um, I think we this is gonna be interesting. Yeah, we didn't get into this much in my class either. Um, it was kind of glossed over. I learned more about it through um, my spirituality as I was oh, okay. uh, researching and growing. Um, I used to watch a lot of spirit science videos, um, and this hmm. would come up a lot and. <clears throat> this is what energy workers like myself tend to draw from. Um, Interesting. 
when we do readings and stuff like that. So, but it is founded in actual psychology. Yes, from a, an actual th- psychological theory, I should say, mm-hmm. um, from Carl Jung. So, um, mm-hmm. who we all have heard of. So, um, <laughs> real quick. Uh, so this is what we're talking. So let's go ahead and introduce it, and then mm-hmm. we'll get going. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this week we are talking about the collective, the collective unconscious. unconscious. So what I thought this was, (laughs) 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 what I thought this was, was like how um, we all tend to kind of be, I thought this was like a hive mind situation where like we all kind of tend to be, seem to be on the same like wavelength a lot of the time, especially with people that we're, we come in contact with a lot. So like Mm -hmm. it happens a lot where I work. Yeah, because like, my department works so closely. We we all work so closely together, mm-hmm. and all of our minds kind of operate in a similar similar way. And so, like, I'll get a song in my head, and then like two days later, one of them will be humming it, and oh. then like two days later, somebody will play it on their. It'll come up on somebody's YouTube, and we'll both be like, "Oh my god!" Like that song's been in my head forever. And then someone else will be like, "Oh yeah, that's my ringtone," or I don't know. Like you know, it's just weird. Yeah, like, like just, weird shit. Weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just be like, God, the universe. Like, <laughs> me and one of the guys will just be like, God, the universe is so weird. But it's it's stuff like that. And that's a really stupid example, of course. There's, uh, It's obviously, like, way cooler than that. <laughs> There's, like, way weirder stuff that happens. But um, Or somebody will get a line from a movie stuck in their head, and it'll be of something that somebody watched I don't know. It's just Mm. crazy. It's just crazy the way that like our vibes are. We're just also like in tune with each other's vibes. So that's what I thought it was. That is not what it is (laughs) at all. No. (laughs) Um, So the collective unconscious. So by the way, I got I because um, because this is from the great Carl Jung, who was BFFs with Freud, by the Mm way, um, the way that most of the sources that I could find were written were unbelievably impossible to mm-hmm. decipher. <laughs> it was flowery language like you wouldn't believe. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it was just like, ah, blah, 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 yeah. this is nestled within the the, bar- the various memories of the... Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, this is insufferable. I am not... <laughs> gonna even remotely try to interpret this so then i scrolled down and i scrolled down and i scrolled down and i found like simply psychology.com oh <laughs> nice and it and it broke it down really really well so um so w- what i got what i pulled i pulled from this article it was by um written by lisa fritzer and it was updated it's been updated so this was also the most up-to-date one that i could find as well okay. because this is kind of a pushed aside this has been kind of a pushed aside theory for a lot of people, but it's been coming back in a really cool way. So I wanted to make sure I I used this one because it had a really cool way that people are actually like scientists are actually using it mm-hmm. um, in a different way. So, um, well, I thought that was really cool. Oh, oh hold. <coughs> What's up? Um, okay, so we're going to get to this a little bit in my segment, but I think that it's kind of almost proven and like the fight or flight. Um, well, hang on. Theory. Let me d- let me define it. We can't yeah. talk about it until everybody knows what we're talking yeah, about. Sorry. So hold tight for just a second. <laughs> sorry, I know I'm you're excited. Really excited. Hang on. Yeah, I know. Hang on just a sec. So, okay. 
So the collective unconscious is a concept originally defined by psychoanalyst Carl Jung and is sometimes called the it's it's sometimes also called the objective psyche, which I think is a little bit better, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um because the collective unconscious to me collective implies more than one person. Mm-hmm. That's why I was confused. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it sounds like what's in all of our collective unconscious together, um, like actively. Mm-hmm. Um, and objective psyche sounds when when we get into it, you'll see what I mean. But yeah. um, that it, that sounds more like what it actually <laughs> what it actually is. But of course, like I said, all of his writing is so flowery. Of course, he wanted it to sound super poetic. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Oh, my God. I'm going to pull a muscle in my butt from coughing. This is ridiculous. Okay. Uh, so That sounds um, awful. It ref- <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so it refers to the idea that a segment of the deepest unconscious mind is genetically inherited and is not shaped by personal experience. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think that this has proven to be true, and we'll get into that in just a second. I, I'm going to touch on it a little bit. Um. Of course you touched on it. You're always trying to infringe on my territory. Okay. I, I don't so, mean to touch on it. Like, I don't mean to. It's just, I don't you're know. You're always trying to do background as well. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my homework. Okay. So according to Young's teachings, I feel like we were both the kid in group projects that did the whole assignment and you <laughs> keep trying to be that kid. <laughs> I don't mean to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's okay. I'm just kidding. I just think it's funny. <laughs> Remember that time you wrote an entire episode by yourself and tried to do it as your segment? <laughs> to be fair, we were new at this and I found good stuff. Like, it was so funny. I was like, wait a second, Kay. It's been three hours. <laughs> well, you've got to wrap this up. <laughs> Was not even halfway oh, done. What? That was so funny. You really weren't. That was so funny. Oh, my God. We were so tired. <laughs> like falling asleep at our mics. I was like, oh, God, I can't do this. Oh, the good okay, old days so, when we were yes. new at this. Such noobs. Okay. So um, according to Young's teachings, uh, the collective unconscious is common to all human beings and is responsible for a number of deep-seated beliefs and instincts, such mm-hmm. as spirituality, sexual behavior, and life and death instincts, which is super cool. So mm-hmm. tiny little blurb on Carl Jung, in case anyone isn't familiar with him. Um, he was born in Switzerland in 1875, um, and he founded the School of Analytical Psychology because... He was very fancy. Yeah. Um, he is he is responsible for proposing and developing the psychological concept of the collective unconscious and archetypes as well as introverted and extroverted personality, which is something mm. we use every day. The introverted oh, yeah. extroverted thing is something we use today still. It's all um, it's in and is pretty much every meme ever. Like <laughs> is it, well, yeah, and it's in a lot of all those personality tests that we mm-hmm. take now to kind of um I know that my place of work did that, which I thought was really cool to make. Like he, they had all of the salespeople take personality tests to see who was best to train everybody and stuff like that, who fit best together and Ooh. all of that, which is really cool and really important. And the one that they used was super cool because I read my results and felt like it was staring into my soul. Oh so, yeah, I think um, um, <laughs> actually at yeah, one of my last jobs we did that, and um, 
he wanted us all Did to you group. Did read it and you were like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wanted us all to group together in our personality sex, I mm-hmm. guess. And I sat there alone because yeah, mine is. I would have been alone, too. Yeah. Mine is very rare. And no one else mm-hmm. in there had it. So I was just kind of like, oh, why? yeah, mine's pretty <laughs> rare, too. But there is one other person that one of the other guys that I work with has the same got the same result as me oh good which is pretty funny yeah <laughs> um who happens to be one of my favorite people too oh good <laughs> wonder why <laughs> um so <laughs> so uh so young worked with sigmund freud mm-hmm. if anybody remembers that guy he's the guy who thinks that sex is a part of everything and is a little bit crazy and weird mm-hmm. um <laughs> He's the guy who come, came up with Oedipal complexes and electric complexes and anal retentive stuff and all of that. Mm-hmm. Anal fixations and oral fixations and blah, 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 blah. And he wrote <laughs> The Interpretation of Dreams, which is actually a really fucking cool book. I yeah. actually own it. I might still own it. <laughs> Just because we, we referenced it a lot when I was in, in college and stuff. So I was like, I oh, should yeah. probably have this book. Um, it, it's It's fun to psychoanalyze your characters you have to psychoanalyze like i had teachers that were like psychoanalyze this character from a 40 in perspective and stuff like that so like i had Ooh. to have a research yeah it was super fun so um lit major <laughs> okay so um that's one thing i like to about do that shit when you're a creative writing major <laughs> that is one thing i like about being a creative <laughs> writing major though i get to make it up as i go put a little bit of research into it but make it up as i go i mean fair but I love interpretation. It's just my favorite thing. So <laughs> anyway, if I were to go back to school, I'd get my PhD in lit and be a lit professor. But that requires money. So um, <laughs> um, you can donate to our Patreon page. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's in so, the um, link. The link is in every in episode description. description. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're literally on our hands and knees begging for money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a dollar goes a long way. So, uh, <laughs> okay. So Young worked with Sigmund Freud. Um, another prominent early psychologist. In his early studies, Jung's work affirmed many of Freud's ideas, but as time went on, the two split in their principles of psychology. Yeah, didn't Jung they have like a Freud's huge fight? They had a, no, nah, they just said they had a falling out. They had a professional falling out, yes. Mm. Um, and they were both very passionate men, so it's probably possible that they did have a big fight, but I don't know that any, I mean, it was the fucking 1800s, who knows? Yeah. Um, my psychology happened. My psychology teacher might have made that a tad bit more dramatic than it <laughs> yeah. was supposed to be. Uh, so Jung contested Freud's principles of psychoanalysis, but they both were instrumental in coming up with uh, therapy. Talk therapy was mm-hmm. the, the, the thing that they were both super influential in creating. That was uh, their love child. Was like. Yeah, it was like electroshock therapy and dump you in cold water, aversion therapy, all these crazy shit, lock you in a room and just hope that you don't kill yourself. I mean, you know, just they didn't know what to do with people. Yeah. And so they were the people they were the first people that came up with therapy as talk therapy as an actual way of treatment and working through issues. Mm -hmm. So which is amazing. So high five. Clap. Give them a round (laughs) of applause. Um, But the thing is that when you go to, to study both of these men. You can, yes, they, and that's the thing with a lot of scientists, especially, sorry, male scientists, um, things tend to be, this is my theory and this is all that exists, (laughs) as opposed to thinking like, oh, I didn't think of it from that perspective, maybe it could be both of these things, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, which is what we talk about a lot on here about the gray area, and it's Mm -hmm. like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not nature versus nurture, it's nature and nurture, 
that's what it is. It has always always been both. both. Yeah. It's always both. It's not versus. It's not Sigmund. It's not Freud versus Young. It's both. Mm Mm-hmm. Within reason. I mean, I think that some of Freud's stuff is kind of crazy. But <laughs> dude was a little crazy. But, but I think you know, some and, of it's fucking right. Some of it is right. And you know what? To certain people, mm-hmm. the stuff that I think is crazy might work. But the thing is that they were both so stubborn that they were like, well, this will work for everyone. And that's just not how psychology works. No. What works for one, it's all completely customized to each person. And what works for one person with the same condition might not necessarily work for another. Mm-hmm. So... That's where they needed to stop being so fucking rigid. Okay. So. Um, yeah. The sorry. thing that. Except their bums. Yeah. Like the stuff that works for my mom. Like, for example, her antidepressants. I'm allergic to what she's taking. Whatever she's taking is not going to work for me because my body, my body literally will not accept it. Like, well, right. And there's and also like, like tools. Yeah. Like tools mm-hmm. that tools that you learn in therapy. One might not work for you. Like I, I learned to write down all my negative thoughts mm-hmm. in a day just to get perspective on how much negativity was throwing, going through my head and then to say them out loud and hear how silly they sound mm-hmm. and write down what you should redirect. And then next to it, you're supposed to write down the positive way of thinking next to it to help redirect your thoughts. That yeah. works for me. That's really been helpful. It's been huge in my therapy journey and in my way and, and learning to redirect your thoughts that way and how to think through those negative thoughts and sit and recognize the negative thought and say, wait a second, that's probably not true. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's been huge for me. That probably won't work for everyone else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It might not work for you. It might not work for my husband. Probably won't work for my husband because he won't do it. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you He's got to have something just, to tinker with. Yeah, like someone, I don't know. Y'all should watch the movie A Dangerous Method. It'll depict a lot of stuff, and you can make your own opinion. So, um, it's about a patient that they had together, and their different ways of dealing with her myriad of issues. It's a fantastic movie. Hmm. Um, I think it's Viggo Mortensen and Jude Law. I no. I think I walk by that literally Michael every day Fassbender, at work. Maybe I don't know. It, it's Vigo Mortensen and Kira Knightley are for sure in it. I mm-hmm. feel like it's Jude Law, but it might be Michael Fassbender. I think it's Jude I Law. Remember. I can't remember. We'll if it's the it one up. I'm thinking of, look it up of. on your phone while I continue. Look it up on my on my, on your phone while I continue this. So okay, um, okay. So a big difference between their explanations of the unconscious is that Freud believed that the unconscious was the product of personal experiences, completely the product of personal experiences. While Jung believed that the unconscious was the product of collective experiences inherited in the genes. And here is where I'm going to say it's fucking both. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely fucking both because when we get into the theory, you're going to see that yes, partially it is. <laughs> it is <laughs> oh, made it's- up of the collective what it's fast bender fast bender see mm-hmm. i told you it was one or the other i knew it yeah. okay <laughs> so um you're gonna see though once we get into this that yes of course some of it has to have been inherited th- just through evolution of yep. our race of mm-hmm. our not race of our species <laughs> was what i was looking for sorry yeah. through, i think through, evolution proves this uh, actually yeah. like well, that's my thought process <laughs> i think it's collective mm-hmm. <laughs> again i'm just it, it's <laughs> I think I just feel like it's all kind of connected and each one tends to prove each. I have issues with evolution in some aspects of that theory as well. But of course, well, I I'm, don't believe, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just, I, don't know, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I, evolution. I still think it's both. 
I still think it's both. Well, I'm not saying it can't be both. I'm just saying no, that evolution does help prove it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah like, the, the fact... Well, but just the fact that we've existed for longer than 2,000 years. Yeah. Like, you know... Like, 100%. That our, that our species is still alive proves mm-hmm. that... Is proven by the... Like, this theory pr- kind of shows why, mm-hmm. I guess. So, and I've heard this theory... A little bit in um, arguments for anxiety, different types of anxiety and things like that, too. So this is Mm -hmm. let me get into the theory real quick. Okay, Mm so the theory. So Young's theory on the collective unconscious was that it is made up of a collection of knowledge and imagery that every person is born with and is shared by all human beings due to ancestral experience. Mm -hmm. And if that sounds flowery, you have no fucking idea of the other shit I was reading. (laughs) Um, (coughs) This is very simplified comparatively. Yeah. Um, Although individuals do not know what thoughts and images are in their... um, are in their collective unconscious, it is thought that in moments of crisis, the psyche can tap into the collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kay is going to be talking about more about like the archetypes and things like that, but I just wanted to touch real fast on like instincts just to give it for, for a good example. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Jung believed that the collective unconscious is made up of in- instincts and archetypes that manifest based in basic and fundamental pre-existing images, symbols, or forms, which are repressed by the conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know that sounds super fancy and crazy, but um, <laughs> so you're just like, everybody's just like, uh, I'm going to turn this off. Um, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> We're going to explain it, I promise. It's really cool. Stick with us. Um, (laughs) Humans may not consciously know of these archetypes, but they hold strong feelings about them. Mm -hmm. According to Jung, these mythological images or cultural symbols are not static or fixed. Instead, many different archetypes may overlap or combine at any given time. This theory was that humans are unconsciously aware of the implications of these archetypes because they are inherited. Not really sure what that means, but here we go. So let's talk about how this could be contribute to some complex beliefs. And then, um, okay. And then I'm going to get into some phobias, a little bit of dreams, mm-hmm. and then some science. Cool. So, okay. So examples. Okay. So some, com- so the complex beliefs. So like we're talking about spirituality, religion, things like that. So deep seated beliefs regarding spirituality and religion are explained as partially due to the collective unconscious. Uh, Jung was convinced that the similarity and the universality of world religions, which is true, there are a lot of similarities in a lot of our religions. It's mm-hmm. lots of similar themes. Every um, religion not has... say that they're all the same, but they all have similar themes. Everyone um, has a creation story. Everyone has a Noah and the mm-hmm. Ark type deal. I yes. mean, it's just, yeah. It's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um Young was convinced that the similarity and universality of world religions pointed to religion as a manifestation of the collective unconscious. Um, similarly, morals, ethics, and concepts of fairness or right and wrong could be explained in the same way with this collective unconscious as partially responsible. So here's where I'm going to say I have a hard time with this mm-hmm. because I believe Young was an atheist. But in order for these things to be inherited they had to have happened <laughs> and yeah. been put in someone's subconscious to be inherited by the rest of the world yeah 
So he's contradicting himself (laughs) (laughs) with this part of his theory. (laughs) I'm just going to say that. That's what I believe. Okay. Um, In order for his theory to make sense, somewhat something would it it had to things had to have happened Mm -hmm. that put those things into this collective unconscious. And you'll see what I mean when I talk about phobias. So and uh, phobias and saying what saying things had to have happened. um, Quoting you. Um, and not people that listen to the show that are atheistic or agnostic or whatever the fuck. Things can happen without them being divinely interpreted. We interpret well, it divinely. I'm just saying that this, this is proving religion. Yeah. <laughs> is what I'm saying. He was an atheist and his theory is proving religion to be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If if we follow his his thought process, we're just talking theory here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking psychological theory here. I'm not saying that he, mm-hmm. what he's saying is true because mm-hmm. it's all a theory. It's all theoretical. Mm-hmm. Um, religion's fucking theoretical too. Yeah. Nobody fucking knows. Yeah, know? everything so, outside of the saying, world is theoretical. Like <laughs> because all of this stuff holds universal holds a universality. Mm-hmm. In order for those memories to get imprinted into someone's brain, something had to have happened to put them there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I, I agree. I, I'm just saying it it doesn't... Nothing comes from nothing. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's the issue I have with a lot of uh, science. <laughs> Scientific creation theories. Nothing yeah. comes from nothing, sir. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> okay. So, okay, so phobia, and not shitting on anyone's belief system whatsoever. We're just, this is all theory, and we're just discussing something kind of cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, so let's talk about phobias, because this is really cool. Okay. Um, and this, I think, just thinking about it, it sounds correct. It just sounds like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, kinetic um, <laughs> memory may explain pho- specific phobias, a fear of a specific object or of certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a phobia of snakes manifests in children even when there is no apparent traumatic origin for their fear. Mm-hmm. So, this is a really cool example. So, for example, um, a study found that one third of British children are afraid of snakes at the age of six. Even though it's rare to encounter a snake in the British Isles, oh. the children had never come in contact with a snake in a traumatic situation, but snakes still generated an anxious response. Now, this could also be explained away. I'm going to I'm going to devil's advocate this one because mm-hmm. we also fear what we don't understand. Yeah. And I mean, so if you've never been in contact with a snake, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And British Isles, mm. uh, British Isles is in like. Great Britain around in there? Ireland and the UK. Okay. Well, those are very much like Catholic and... Protestant. Protestant areas. So they're going to hear the stories of Adam and Eve with the snake. True. That too. That too. So that could also... um, This is recently... This is pretty recently written and Britain has the lowest church going population. Okay. Well, that... I was just... (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good point, another, Yeah. No, yeah, that's a really good point. Because um, I so know... There's a lot of different factors there. But there's also things mm-hmm. like that. They're, like, everyone kind of has a tiny little fear of snakes, even mm-hmm. if you're a snake owner. Sorry. <laughs> At some point, you were like, ah, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> hey, what and- <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> hey, Mr. <Yeah>. Snake. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of us have fears of spiders because there's venomous spiders. Um, fear of, you know, predatorial animals like wolves and bears and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I've never fucking seen a... I've never been encountered, but I've never been mauled by a mar- bear. I've never seen a bear anywhere around my house. But, um, yeah, I'd be fucking scared. <laughs> you know, it's just... That's kind of the, th- the theory is that these are learned things to fear from back before back when we were like in tribes mm-hmm. and in caves and you know you had to be afraid of the fucking saber-toothed tiger yeah because if you were <laughs> afraid of it it was gonna fucking eat you yeah you know so <laughs> it's 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 things that then are, are passed up of like oh don't fucking eat that <laughs> or oh don't step on that it's going to bite you in the leg and kill you yeah that kind of thing <laughs> and so i've heard this talked about i bet um, they were really several other what? Sorry, I bet they Sorry. were really fucking scared of woolly mammoths, too. Because <laughs> yes. those things freak me the fuck out. Uh, elephants freak me the fuck out. They don't out. exist anymore. Like, elephants scare you? Elephants they, are amazing and beautiful and gentle creatures. They, they are. I've ridden one. I love them, but I, they can <laughs> stay far away from me now. I've had that experience, <laughs> and I just... They can they can go, they can go about so their sweet. day. You're so sweet. I know well, that they are. Don't watch elephants then. Uh, or maybe you should and it'll get you over that fear because Rosie's an angel. Um, well, I, I'm so. not saying... I love them. I have a healthy respect for them, which is why I will stay... You just don't want to go close the, to them. <laughs> yeah. I have a healthy respect for sharks too. I'm not going to fucking touch a shark. Same. So, um, <laughs> see, see, there we Same-sies. go. Yes. <laughs> um, so... Um, Young used this theory of the collective unconscious to explain such fears as such fears and social phobias. Fear of the dark, mm-hmm. loud sounds, bridges, or blood may all be rooted in this in this collective unconscious, which is pro, which is proposed as an inherited genetic trait. Which makes sense. We're mm-hmm. now in a in a time where we don't really need to be afraid of the dark. Yeah. It's not like we're going into a dark cave after something. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? I'm afraid of the dark because I have a deep fear of the unknown. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's bad. I really hate the dark. I've gotten better, but it's it's bad. I've um, gotten much better as well. It's Oh god. It's taken a very Ooh. very very long time. To <laughs> yes. Um I also my mom hates bridges. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just that fear of falling, fear mm-hmm. of anything, you know, all of that stuff and that's all I've heard it talked about that all of if you have an anxiety disorder, you have anxiety. That's a product of why your family is still here. <laughs> yes, why you made it here mm-hmm. to be alive because your family was afraid of all the right shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I've know? heard that too. Yeah, yeah. My so, whole family has cool. some sort of anxiety disorder. Like <laughs> mine too. Yeah, mine too. I mean, not all of them is has manifested in panic disorder like mine, mm-hmm. but. Maybe I'll be the most successful because <laughs> I'm the most afraid. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. All right. So this is another cool one. Dreams. I love Dreams. dream psychology. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um Dreams were thought to provide key insight into the collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. I speaking of, I had a terrible dream last night where I felt like I where uh, there were leeches in my bed. Uh, it was great. Uh, yep. Nope. Yep. It was great. <laughs> it was really, really great. 
Um, Young believed that many symbolic objects and symbols have a universal or uniform meaning in dreams due to the archetypes represented. Mm-hmm. However, unlike his contemporary Sigmund Freud, Young believed that dreams were highly personal and dream interpretation requires knowing a great deal about the individual dreamer. I absolutely agree with him on that, too. Absolutely. Abso-fucking-lutely. Mm-hmm. Freud, on the other hand, often suggested that specific dream symbols represent specific unconscious thoughts, meaning like it's universal. Like if I had a dream about an old man and you had a dream about an old man, it means the same thing, which just isn't true. Nope. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just not. Everyone associates things in different ways, and it's completely personal to you. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was way more into the talk theory the talk therapy part because and he spent way more time with his with his patients yeah and really delved into their childhood and into their lives and into their way of thinking so that then he could help them interpret what their brain was doing yeah when it reacted to things a certain way and when it dreamed things a certain way and our dreams are also where we work out a lot of things mm-hmm. so it was really cool so for example uh right before i moved into my apartment, my first apartment when I was in college, um, one of the biggest things, I had a, a lot of dreams that I moved in and then there were no doors on the apartment. Oh, complex. God. No doors to the apartment, no doors to the bedrooms, no doors oh. anywhere. And everybody was just coming in and out of everybody's apartment all the time. Oh, God. And it scared the fuck out of me. And I, <laughs> I brought that up at my uh, at my session the next day and he was like, so it looks like privacy is really important to you. Yeah. Because I'd been living six feet away from somebody in a dorm room for two years mm-hmm. with very little privacy. <laughs> <laughs> and I really needed my, as I, I, I'm fairly, ex- see, I'm just a walking contradictive. I'm fairly ex- extroverted, but really I'm pretty introverted and private. And I really like to have my alone time Same. <laughs> and my own space. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's hard because I actually have a very magnetic personality. So people like to hang out with me all the time. <laughs> But I really value my private time, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kind same. of hard because I don't like to say no to people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I have to. So I had to learn. I actually That's a boundary I had to learn to set was how to say no and be like, listen, I'm socialed out. I got to lay on my couch today. Sorry. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> I got to e- either lay on my couch or just clean my house by myself with my headphones in. I need to work out. Hammy and I need to go take a walk. Like I yeah. just need to. Need to not be, be around people. Yeah. Yeah. I can't people today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so. um, I'm not good so at peopling. Th- <laughs> no. No peopling allowed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to start put. I'm going to make a sign and put that in my my door. My front door window. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no peopling allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you'll finally get just- away from your fucking neighbors. I hate them. No. That'll never happen. It'll never happen until we move. And their dogs will just keep barking until the end of time. <laughs> so, um, more than so, more than just being represented wishes, Young believed that dreams compensate for parts of the psyche that are underdeveloped in our waking lives, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this allowed for the study of dreams as an instrument for research, diagnosis, and treatment for psychological conditions and phobias. Yeah, which is really cool. So, it opened up this whole new way. For people to, uh, this whole other avenue for therapy and for figuring your shit out, which is really cool. I mean, that's I, that's what fan. helped me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a young fan than a Freud fan, but I do think that they both have valid points. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Is it? So let's talk about some science. All shall right. we? Yeah, I'm ready. So, uh, so historically, there has been some debate around whether the collective unconscious requires a literal or a symbolic interpretation. Um, in scientific circles, a literal interpretation of the collective unconscious is thought to be a pseudoscientific theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's mostly, uh, this is just my own speculation, um, because you all know that I'm a neuroscientist. Um, <laughs> we don't know, we really don't know very much about that. You know I'm not a neuroscientist, right? You didn't laugh when I said that, so. Yeah. I, oh, I know. Okay. Uh, I did. <laughs> I'm very you tired. You my joke. I'm sorry. I'm very tired. Stop it. I'm listening. (laughs) Stop it. Um, So, uh, yeah, I know nothing about the brain, but I know that the brain is the part of the body we still know the least about. And I think Mm -hmm. that they're calling it pseudoscience because there's no way to, like, really measure that Mm -hmm. in our brains. You know what I'm saying? And that's why that's where psychology and neuroscience, this is the, the joining part. And this is where theory. Theory has to kind of take over kind of takes over yeah Mm -hmm. um so and this look at that (laughs) next sentence this is because it is difficult to scientifically prove that images of mythology and other cultural symbols are inherited and present at birth (laughs) look at that instead a symbolic interpretation of the collective unconscious is thought to have some scientific grounding because of the belief that all humans share certain behavior behavioral dispositions so Mm -hmm. you can see it in people's behavior yeah you can't measure it in the gray matter of their brain. We don't know how to do that yet, mm-hmm. but you can look at how people act. <laughs> yeah, and I had... <laughs> you can look the fuck around you and see, you know? <laughs> my last session with my therapist, actually, she was talking mm-hmm. about how kids know how to lie. Like, they know mm-hmm. how to say, oh, everything's fine. You don't really know what's going on with a kid until you watch it play. There's that, yes. And, and also, I've <laughs> talked about this with women. Mm-hmm. We all know how to emotionally manipulate everyone around us mm-hmm. because that's what we've had to do for centuries to get any purchase in this world. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's still ingrained in us that we have to get married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Still. Yeah. No, oh, very much day. so. Yeah. Yes culturally and just when we're girls Mm -hmm. that's a thing that we think about we run it we put the the sheet on our head and we pretend wedding you know yeah when we're little um we do very much so and like yeah even with the even with the new stuff that's come out mm -hmm. girls want little baby dolls to play with and girl you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and the the well and that's of course due to because women are born with mothering instincts which is correct but you know it's also where do those instincts come from? And also, well, of course, because we give birth, there's that. But you know, then <laughs> yeah. there's also, but but marriage is a modern construct. Mm-hmm. Where did that I mean, like two thousand from the past two thousand years? It's been it's a business transaction from long, long ago. Um, but we women, it's ingrained in our in our I believe our collective unconscious that we have, have to, to be married, find a partner, and get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which humans are social creatures, like, don't at me, but I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's interesting. Yeah. You know? And there's, there's the whole instinct to smile at people and the instinct to, there, there's a lot of instincts that we have as women that, you know, mm-hmm. that, where do those fucking come from? No one sat me down and said, make sure you smile when a dude enters the room so he knows that. <gasps> that just you know reminded me. I had what? this 
asshole of a customer come in yesterday and he <laughs> like he walked in like the outside door and smiled at me and like put his um fingers to the corner of his mouth and like lifted his mouth like smile which I was already oh, fuck off. like I was already smiling because I just smile because that's what I do. That's customer service. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And like one, I don't have to be on all the time. Two, there were not any customers in the store. Three, I was concentrating. Four, he wasn't mm-hmm. in the fucking store yet. But like <laughs> I saw him and I smiled because that's what I do. And then, you know, I said hello and he came in and he like got angry and was like, well, you better be smiling. And I was like, why? What the fuck? Not after that attitude. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I gave him Ugh. the fakest smile ever. I was like, okay. <laughs> like That's funny. Yeah. You just show your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to check out yet? <laughs> okay, let me know you're ready. <laughs> Oh, Lord, just don't use your lips when you talk. That's yeah. so funny. Oh, it, okay, so oh. last little last little bit. Okay. Um, and then we'll take a break. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this was new research. So, um, I thought this was really interesting, and I don't know a whole lot about it. There's just a few sentences here at the end. Um, but it says, The collective unconscious is currently being examined in a different light. Ooh. Psychiatric research is now looking at the role of bacteria in the collective unconscious. Oh, shit. Genes, yeah, genes in gut bacteria outnumber the genes in the human body. And these bacteria may produce neuroactive compounds. It's thought by some researchers that these neuroactive compounds may be a part of the collective unconscious that regulates human behavior. Mm. If so... Studies of gut microbes may be a very important part of the psychiatric research in the future. Yeah. That's what it says about it, but that sounds really fucking cool. That does. So, that, and that might be a way to measure it. Yeah, that is something we can absolutely measure. Yeah. So, there we go. There's our lovely background. Very nice. And Amazing job. <coughs> Thank you. I didn't write any of it. <laughs> I didn't write any of mine either. All of mine no, came from Wikipedia. There's no way I was going to I was going to touch that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, I'm going to grab my I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I'm going to grab my food that just came. Uh, but okay. I will come right back. All right. I'm going to go pee. So. Okay. BRB. <laughs> so ready. All right. Yay! Drinking my wine to Clear my mouth. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Kay's very hungry. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I ate late, so I'll probably eat after we finish. Yeah, I had to come home and make Stevie's dinner and then immediately like jump on here because the guy that came in after me was late. So mm. it was great. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. So. all right are you all ready to get into some archetypes yes all right i don't know who you're talking to but you (laughs) you said you all (laughs) you and the listeners oh okay (laughs) we're all talking to each other yes the collective (laughs) got it all right that's Mm -hmm. not what it is (laughs) i know i was making a joke a play on words. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, f- 
first we're going to talk about the persona. So, again, all of this is from Wikipedia. None of this is my own shit. <laughs> um, I'm going to... I have some of my own thoughts here and there, but I'm not a psychologist, so, okay. I want to say something really, really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Just in case somebody doesn't know what an archetype is, um, who's Mm -hmm. listening, I just want to give a quick definition, because I just realized we've been saying that, like, everyone knows what it is. (laughs) Um, But if I hadn't studied literature, I don't think I would know what you were talking about, so. Fair. um, An archetype is um, a very typical example of a certain person or thing, so, Mm -hmm. um, or it's an original that has been imitated. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is it's a reoccurrent symbol in literature, art, or mythology. Um, so, uh, which all links of, to this? Yes. So, um, mm, it's just something that's repeated multiple times in many different areas of life. Basically, is what it is. It's mm-hmm. a symbol. That pops up everywhere. The definition is, the definition literally is a very typical example of a person or of a certain person or thing. Yes. That's so, what I just said. yeah. <laughs> well, I was just, I was just, try- it, that just enforcing seems really vague. it. So I was, yeah, trying reinforcing to, it. I was trying to think of examples, but you're, of course, going to get into them. So, mm-hmm. so, um, let me actually. So, uh, I, I don't want to get into that. Um, okay. Just see what you have. It's fine. So, all right. So the persona. <laughs> uh, so Jung linked the collective unconscious to what Freud called archaic remnants, um, mental forms whose presence cannot be explained by anything in the individual's own life and which seem to be aboriginal, innate, and inherited shapes of the human mind. Carrie talked a lot about mm-hmm. that. So, he credited Freud for developing his primal horde theory in Totem and Taboo, which sounds like a really cool book, um, mm-hmm. and continued further with the idea of an archaic ancestor maintaining its influence in the minds of present-day humans. Every human being, he wrote, however high his conscious development, is still an archaic man at the deeper levels of his psyche. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Isn't that poetic? Like, isn't that poetic? <laughs> and very it just kind of, it hits in you. Very flowery language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like him. <laughs> yeah. All of this is flowery because I am flowery. And I love the flowery language. And we'll get into it. So, as modern humans go through their process of individuation, so that's like figuring out who you are as a person. So, that's like figuring out. As an individual. Yeah. yeah. So, that's figuring out kind of almost what group you belong to like are you a nerd are you a jock just I'm using very typical simple examples Mm -hmm. like figuring out what it is that you like what are Are you plastic Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) are like are you gay straight whatever um are you interests yeah Mm -hmm. so all of that So as humans go through this process, moving out of the collective unconscious into mature selves, they establish a persona, which can be understood simply as that small portion of the collective psyche which they embody, perform, and identify with. Performance theory. That is a huge theory in sociology. It's the the face that we wear. mm -hmm. It's the mask that we put on. every day. Mm -hmm. Yes. We all do it, even if we're very authentic people we all 
have to behave in certain ways in different places and Mm -hmm. like I can't be a hundred percent myself at work I have to be my professional self when I'm at work exactly and then I can relax and be my real self at home you know what I'm saying I can't you know I can't drop an f-bomb in front of my mother I have to be (laughs) on my best behavior you know what I'm saying I drop an f-bomb in front of my mother all the time (laughs) well we have different mothers yeah (laughs) (laughs) very different mothers yeah um but Exactly. Like you're saying, like I have a customer service self that all of my friends Mm -hmm. know very well because sometimes I will accidentally slip into it (laughs) because that that person and myself have become very much acquainted because Mm -hmm. I also grew up in an abusive household. So I had to wear that persona a lot. I had to wear Mm -hmm. that to be able to continue with my day. I like I, I yep. don't want to, like, I'm not trying to sound like a victim or anything. Like, I'm just saying. No, you're not. You sound fine. Stop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you sound fine. <laughs> Sometimes. You're paranoid. Okay. Calm down. Yeah, I know. Sometimes <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm like, oh, I'm talking too much about that. But seriously, no, there's like. A difference between, there's a difference between using that as an excuse and explaining it. Yeah. There's totally, there's a difference. And okay. you're not using it as an excuse. You're using it as a way to explain your behavior. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> totally pulled, stole that from Dak Shepard's podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You should listen to it. I know. I Please. need to. I need to. I'm. I'm almost finished <laughs> with has, wine and crime. He has a very similar. He has a very similar childhood to yours. Oh wow. Shit. Yeah. You would relate to him a lot. He talks about it a lot. Send me the name of it so I can go subscribe to it. Um, it's called Armchair Expert. Okay. Cool. But I'll send it to you. Awesome. <laughs> But like I said, like, I, I did grow up in an abusive household, so I had a certain persona that I had to put on. Um, yeah. And I grew up in a different kind of abusive household, mm-hmm. and there was a persona that I had to put on as well, and I struggled with putting it on. And that's why mm-hmm. there was so much volatile, it was so volatile in my house, was because my persona didn't match the persona that my parents thought, or, you know, that my parents thought I should have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And Yeah. Um. And I was bullied a little bit for it, but you know, it, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, I'm not shitting on my parents. They did the best that they could with with what they had. We're, yeah, that's what we're all doing. But it turned out to be a lot more volatile than it needed to be. Yeah. Um. And like my mom, <clears throat> uh, my mom was not really a part of that. I, it's just we were both mm-hmm. in a situation where we couldn't get out of that abusive situation. Right. And and so you had to and you had to put on that mask. Yeah, we both did to function. Yeah, like we yep. we had a mask in front of my grandmother together, and like mm-hmm. we, <laughs> um, as she completely saw through it. We know that she saw through it, but that was how we were able to continue living. So that's what we did. Yeah. So uh, exactly what this says that here very much relates to what I was saying about like women inheriting a lot of this a lot of our gut behaviors and you know like we Mm -hmm. all instinctively have a fear of rape yeah as well not all of us have been raped Mm -hmm. even before we even totally know what rape is we get a gut instinct when someone's creeping yeah you know what i'm saying and you're like meh no i'm gonna run yeah But um, anyway, so like that that pers- but that persona of oh I have to be ladylike or oh mm-hmm. I have to be this person in each situation. We all do it and mm-hmm. it's nothing to be- it's nothing to do with being authentic or anything like that. It's just basically a, sim- a simple matter. I think I've seen this one referred to as like the conforming 
mm-hmm. the, the conforming one in a different or, or something like that. They are, it's it's you have to conform in certain social situations in order to be accepted in society. As in, like I can't go to the grocery store fucking naked. Yeah, no, that's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't go to the grocery store and just talk to random strangers about murder. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, no. Frowned that, upon. That um, would be weird. So, yeah, I can't I can't do that in that situation. I'm not going to go to my grandparents' house and talk to them about serial killers. <laughs> so I have to put on this facade. I have mm-hmm. to put on a little bit of my, okay, so it's, let's talk about appropriate things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to be a granddaughter today. You know what I mean? And that's not any less of myself. It's just a different version of me. Mm-hmm. It's, it is the... It is the official version of you that you have in that scenario. It is yes. as authentic as you can be in that scenario. Uh, authenticity yeah, and is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Yeah, authenticity to me sometimes is just straight up bullshit. Because right. again, like you said, <laughs> there there are some boundaries that you cannot cross in certain situations. I think who you are is different in every soci- um situation. Yeah. So you're I, not the same with every group of friends. You have different group of friends that you have different specific interests and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just it's just a part of life. Yeah. And you and I are very much the same in that we can be extroverted, but we are also very introverted. And mm-hmm. there are some We're groups that I'm combination. in. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are some groups <laughs> that I'm in where I'm more extroverted, and then there are some groups mm-hmm. that I'm in that I'm silent, very much an introvert, and, and mm-hmm. that's just that's part of who we are. Yeah. It's just what it is. So, um, moving on from that, which we like, are gonna, for instance, when I went to work with my coworkers, who was a bunch of dudes and one other girl, and she was at the far other end of the table, a lot of dude talk was happening, and I was like, you know, this isn't the time to contradict every joke that they're saying and tell them why everything they're saying is super sexist and rude like, yeah you know what I'm saying? like this isn't appropriate it's mm-hmm. not the time or the place and they're not gonna invite you anywhere anymore if yeah that's you wanna, if that's what you're gonna be they're kidding they're not being true you yeah. know what i mean like just enjoy the joke that's what comedy just enjoy, is yeah just enjoy and roll your eyes a little bit yeah <laughs> so that they know that that's not okay to say about your wife yeah <laughs> I mean, if it's something, like, actually horrific, like, saying the N-word well, when say they're it, a white person oh, or, yeah, you know, yeah. like, no, that's stuff like that, call them out. That's but, like, no. Happening. No. If it's... There was there was there were dick jokes happening and things oh. like that, which was fine. And yeah. then there were some things said about, like, how one of them talks to their wife. And I just looked at it. He kept saying and kept going, like, trying to get a, a, a laugh. And we... I was just like, I don't have this marriage. I'm trying to relate, and I just can't. I don't. Yeah. I talk to my (laughs) husband like we're equal partners, dude. Like, I don't. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't rub my good time in anyone's face. Like, I just, I'm happy if you had a good time. I'm not jealous of anyone's time. Like, I just. Oh, my God. That reminds me. I'm not going to emotionally manipulate my spouse, but, I mean, you do you, man. Yeah, no. There was this hilariously awful post on Twitter, and this guy, apparently, like, he found out the bar where his wife was going out with a group of her friends. Oh, my God. And he w- he was mad because he got left home alone with the kids, and 
he heaven forbid yeah heaven forbid so he decided to like tap into the jukebox at the oh yes i saw this yeah yes i saw this it was so funny and started sending her lyrics to the song that he had played for like 21 repeats of and she was like are you doing this oh my god is this you (laughs) yes Yeah, it was really funny. I saw that. I think it was a Reddit post. Yeah, I it might have ended up being one. I think it started out on Twitter, but it can. It, yeah, it, I definitely. Am, I'm not on Twitter. I think <laughs> I saw it on on. I saw it on. Definitely saw it on something else. Okay. Yeah, so. but like anyway, it was hilarious. Like yes, it was no, also I awful. I was like, you huge it was asshole. So funny. But I totally want to fuck with my significant other in some way like that. Just not to be mean, but to like fuck with them because I love them. Yeah. Um, That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So now we're going to go into anima slash animus. So this is the one I didn't quite understand. So I'm excited to hear. These are really fun. Um, Gender is a really fun study for me. Um, I'm kind of wishing I'd done, like, um, a minor in gender studies, but too far in sociology. Um, Mm. But in Jung's theory, the anima makes up the totality of the unconscious feminine psychological qualities that a man possesses. So I'm going to let that sink in a second. uh, And I'm going to repeat it. The anima makes up the feminine psychological qualities that a man possesses. So, when I say anima, we're talking about male feminine qualities. Yeah. Uh, conversely. And this isn't this isn't to gender anybody or mm-hmm. isolate anybody. It's just that when we talk about gender, we have to, we, because our language hasn't evolved, we have to use masculine and feminine terminology. Yeah. So, yes, everybody has feminine qualities and everybody has masculine qualities. Yes. It's mm-hmm. always a blend that doesn't mean that you're a girly dude. That's not what it means. It doesn't no. mean feminine men. The feminine qualities of a man of a man does not mean a dude who dresses who wears dresses. Mm-hmm. It it just means that there are certain qualities that are sadly considered more feminine and certain qualities that are considered more masculine. And it's the 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 representation of both in in this society. And, yes, and in this each is gender. that's this is yeah. all we have as far as terminology because we haven't evolved quite yet. Exactly. And like when I say feminine in our language at least. Yeah. And feminine and masculine is totally <sighs> different in some societies than it is in our own. Oh, yes. This is what Absolutely. this is how we measure these certain qualities in our own society. Uh we are evolving, but that language is just not here yet like Carrie said. So, no. um uh, this is just what I have to kind of explain this in a way that we all understand, even if it's a little backwards. Um, yeah. It's going to sound a little backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just in preparation. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt and just try to put it in your own words to understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I do apologize for the gendered quality of this, but I... I, well, I you find, can't help it. That's yeah. why I was trying to. That's what yeah. I was trying to establish. There was yeah. just like we didn't. <laughs> we didn't we, write we this. We don't have other words. <laughs> yeah, we don't have other words. Yeah, <laughs> the words don't exist <laughs> to make it not to fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but right, I, I do, I do enjoy looking at things this way, like figuring out yeah, why certain, it's really cool. yeah, why certain qualities are considered more feminine than they are masculine, and like why those are so flipped in other societies, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, conversely, so again, anima, feminine qualities of a male, animus, the masculine uh, qualities possessed by a woman. So, he did not believe that they were an aggregate of father or mother, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, or teachers, though these aspects of the personal unconscious can influence a person's anima or animus. So, Jung believed male sensitivities often lesser or repressed, and therefore considered the anima one of the most significant autonomous complexes. Jung, hmm. um, oh, yeah. He, his, he had a, he's the guy who came up with, like, the complex. Mm-hmm. Like, saying you have a complex yes. about something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Sorry, just to, like, throw that term in there real fast. Which is kind of an odd term. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know what? It's fun. We're going to be a little well, he, chaotic. He loves <laughs> to call things what it, what they're not. Yeah. Because he was <laughs> a weird poet. <laughs> and poetry doesn't have a lot of space there's not much room for poetics in in science, unfortunately. You're supposed to call it what it is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Jung believed that anima and animus manifest themselves by appearing in dreams and dreams, like we talked about, yes. and influence a person's attitudes and interactions with the opposite sex. So, how these qualities are nurtured is how well the person of that gender or those main qualities, people that possess those qualities, is going to interact with the person who has the opposite qualities. That's really funny. You want to know something? You want to get really real for a second? Mm Mm-hmm. I've never told anybody this. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Speaking of this presenting itself in dreams, Mm -hmm. I have dreamed very often... That I have a penis. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that makes that has sense. Presented itself in dreams a lot mm-hmm. for me, and it's not because I think I need to be a man mm. at all. Um, it's definitely about power. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely about um, trying to think. Um, just wanting to be on equal level. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. And it can sense. be for some really confusing, really trippy, drunk sex dreams, too. So, <laughs> just to throw that in. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you, too. <laughs> um, <coughs> um, but that can tell you a lot about a person. I'm a pretty masculine female. Mm-hmm. So... And... I think I'm a pretty solid balance of the two, but... um. I'm definitely not a, what you would call like a girly girl by any means whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. I love makeup and I like having my nails done and my hair done, but I'm not sparkly. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I also like to get dirty and like to, I'm I'm a comfort over style kind of girl and Mm -hmm. just... You know, I'm just, I'm me. (laughs) I'm my own, I'm my own canoe. (laughs) I paddle my own canoe. When I was younger... (laughs) Um, uh, well, even now, like, I am very feminine, but I am also, like, quite masculine. And when Mm -hmm. I was younger, I always wanted to go to school dressed like a boy. 
Like I didn't. Yeah, me too. I didn't want to be a girl. I wanted to be a boy. I wanted to be in with the boys. And um, yeah, I was very tomboyish growing up. Mm-hmm. Still am. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm a little classier about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I was in overalls and a baseball cap and a flannel shirt kind of girl. Yeah. With work boots. I've I've told very few friends of mine that like I've actually thought about transitioning to be a male, but that's just I, my gender is so fluid to me that I I don't I feel like that would be too permanent, but I also feel like I'm very permanent where I am and it's a weird mm-hmm. it's a weird It's a weird place to be. Yeah, it it's and it kind of like you kind of feel like you have to be one or the other a lot, and it's just not. Sometimes I just kind of forget I have a gender. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be that, <laughs> like, because that's not at all what I am. Like, it's, well, yeah, um, you just, we just don't fit in. We don't fit fully into the woman category. Yeah, as far as our behavior and stuff. And I don't think I think that's just kind of the evolution of our gender right now, too. Not Mm -hmm. many of us do, at least in the circles that we travel in. Not many of us fit into that meek and mild, obedient woman. Yeah, Um, I can be. I have that persona, but. But I'm flipping you off in my head. Yeah, same. <laughs> while I'm doing it, exactly. I just I don't fit into that. I'm uh, you know, and so uh, not very many of us do anymore. I don't think. I think we're, um. Well, I mean, we probably there probably are still, but you know, I mm-hmm. I just don't I just don't know them. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we can yeah. keep going. I'm sorry. We can move on. But <laughs> I I think that's a fun conversation to have. I think it's one that needs to yeah. be had. Honestly. Um. But, uh, okay, so complexes. Got lost for a second. Um, (laughs) Young believed that anima and animus manifest themselves by appearing in dreams and influence a person's attitudes and interactions with the opposite sex. So, Young said that the encounter with the shadow, which we're going to get into in a second. Oh, yeah, that's a cool one. mm -hmm, It's a a bit of a scary one. Um, Is the apprentice piece in the individual's development. That with the anima is the masterpiece. Young viewed the anima process as being one of the sources of creative ability. So, Ooh. yeah, that's I like that. I do. I do too. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. And that's why a lot of my artwork is. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but my husband and I are both um, artists, mm-hmm. and most of my artwork is um, abstract. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Look at us figuring shit out. <laughs> See, my husband's is very precise. <laughs> mine, when he I imagines, is what he produces. <laughs> when I do artwork, mine is also very precise. I think that that's where a little bit of my masculinity comes in. Um, that's funny. <laughs> Young viewed the anima process as being uh, blah blah blah. Sorry, I just said said that uh kind of drunk repeating yourself <laughs> in his book the invisible partners john a sanford said that the key to controlling one's anima slash animus is to recognize that when it manifests and exercise our ability to discern the anima slash animus from reality which that i don't care for i think that you should just accept it for what it is and mm-hmm. figure out how to do with that what you will I think that yeah. that's what we're all doing all the time embrace, right now. 
embrace who you are. Mm -hmm. We are very much in a time of change and um, just everyone is right now. It's a really weird, not quite turn of the century, but it is a, it is a new decade. Um, Mm -hmm. New decade, new you. Yeah. I think just everyone is in that headspace right now, too. We're getting to a point where we can understand, okay, men are allowed to be a bit, quote-unquote, feminine. Women are allowed to be a bit, quote-unquote, masculine. And you know what I don't think is fair? I don't think it's fair that women are allowed to be a little more masculine and men suffer for being a little bit more feminine. I think that that is one thing that I've seen a lot more than I have, like... Like, it's more acceptable for women well, to... The, the, uh, in the male world, in my experience, the dickheads who think everybody's got to be a man's man all the time in every way of life mm-hmm. are the loudest. Yeah. And they're the ones that shut down any kind of sensitivity because aggression tends to trump sensitivity a lot. Yes. And shut it down. Mm-hmm. So it's probably we hear that more because... That's the loudest voice, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. the majority of men, I don't believe, are like that. A lot My husband's of- very manly, but he also can have a conversation, and he can also paint beautifully and compose music, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And uh, I think it's hard. He battles it a lot because his, his dad is very stoic, and he'd never modeled any kind of con- conflict resolution or any kind of actual conversation with his spouses in front of his children, and so Josh... Gets, he gets very kind of uptight when we have to talk about our emotions and we have to talk, identify feelings and say, hey, I was feeling this way and that's why I'm upset. Mm-hmm. This hurt my feelings when you did this, this certain way. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. He gets very uncomfortable with that, mm-hmm. but we're working on it. You know what I'm saying? And he's open to working on it, which is, that's all Which that is amazing. Happen. Yeah. And that's I think. That, that's, that's it. Just be open to identifying your emotions so mm-hmm. that you can deal with your emotions in a productive way instead of just punching a hole in a wall or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Or and God I think- forbid going out and raping someone or you oh know God, what I mean? like, yeah, that everybody's raping, but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> he saves more than he rapes, yeah. but he does rape. <laughs> Sorry, um, but I, I think that that's where we're heading towards as a society where oh, things absolutely. are easier to talk about. Absolutely. Um. And, and that's not, no one is shitting on masculinity. We're just no, saying that in absolutely order to not. have equality, in order for us to reach equality, we have to have equality. Mm-hmm. We all have to find a balance within ourselves so that we can be equals. Yeah, absolutely. And appreciate each other's differences. Absolutely. And I I know that. I'll drop the mic now. We can just stop the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am not done. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... But, yeah, I just, I I agree. Um, A lot of the men that I have met as of late are a lot better at not, like, being hateful about men being kind of feminine here and again. Um, And, again, I'm using these terms very loosely. Um, Well, but, and and we we also have to remember is that every social change is always met with resistance. mm Mm-hmm. Every single time. There mm-hmm. will be people standing in the street saying, no, we, I miss the good old days. Newsflash, the good old days don't exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> and we just have to say, oh, I'm so sorry. You will be left in the dust. Yeah. And then just continue with what we're doing. Those people can't be reached. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. People who want to live in ignorance will never be reached. Mm-hmm. And because 
The trouble with making yourself stupider than you are is that you actually is that you usually succeed. <laughs> yes, I pulled that straight from C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but like conversely, when I was growing up, a lot of what a lot of the men that I knew, like I knew in old Baptist churches, my my uncle, he was not a great example. Um, mm-hmm. They were very much very masculine men. Um, and any sign of femininity in a man was a very big problem. And that was also the way that my aunt and my grandmother thought. Um, mm-hmm. I remember getting in the car one time after we took my grandmother's laptop into the computer gurus to have them fix it because my grandmother probably downloaded a virus. Um, no, of course. Yeah. Was it a porn virus? I, ho- I hope so. I hope Did it was. Did her soul explode? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we- Is that supposed to be an insult? <laughs> to your soul, yes. <laughs> That was such a good movie. <laughs> it was really fun. I loved it. Lisa Kudrow was my favorite part at the end. Oh, my God. Mine, too. Um, oh, I love her. I'm so glad we were the only people in the theater. That was so fun. Me, too. But we- Only because you were totally embarrassed by my behavior. Because there was no one in the theater. And you, every time I spoke, you were like, oh, my God, you're talking. Like, I could just see it in your in your posture. <laughs> you're just like, well, this is not how we're supposed to behave. <laughs> I was okay with it, though, because we were the only people in the theater. You were making yourself be okay with it. (laughs) Yeah. But you weren't going to (laughs) participate. I saw it. (laughs) You can't hide from me, lady. (laughs) Gay was just like, this is not appropriate. This is not what you're supposed to do. This is not what you're supposed to do. (laughs) I was totally a Dwight. <laughs> it was really funny. Was <laughs> I was having a blast. So Oh, I I had a great time. Like I enjoyed it. <coughs> oh um, goodness gracious. All right, let's keep going. But um my We got stuck on a tangent. So. Yeah. <laughs> we Ugh. we went into the computer gurus, took her computer in, and the guy we were talking to was playing with his wedding ring. Like he was moving it on his um finger. Mm-hmm. We get back in the car, and my aunt goes, oh, well, all these men are acting so girly. Did you see him moving his ring on his finger? That's such a girly thing to do. And what? I'm like, my my family was very much conservative. And I just kind of sat there, and, like, at the time. That's not even feminine. No, like, it's not. She just needed to find something wrong with the, what he was doing, it sounds like. What a dick. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. And I just, I sat there. And, like, at the time, I was very conservative as well. But something mm-hmm. about that felt very wrong. Something yeah. about. Well, that's, both, that's that's both of our experiences. Is yeah. we, we would hear things happen in our homes and in our communities. And something just wouldn't feel quite quite right Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly exactly nothing ever really felt quite right and um when I I finally kind of broke free of that my senior year of high school and when I was introduced to a lot of shit and I was like oh my god the world is so much bigger (laughs) yeah the world is so much bigger than I thought it was and yeah but um anyway back to archetypes so shadow Contrary to a, <laughs> I'm very excited. Contrary Spooky. to a Freudian definition of shadow, 
The Jungian shadow can include everything outside the light of consciousness and may be positive or negative. Everyone carries a shadow, Jung wrote, and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. Ooh. It may be in part one's link to more primitive and animal instincts, which are superseded during early childhood by the conscious mind. So I want to go. So this is kind of like his version of the id. Yes. Mm-hmm. It sounds like. Yes. So if you guys don't know what the id is, if you haven't studied Freud, um, it uh, Freud believed that we had the id, the ego, and the superego. And the id was your base. It was your inner desire. So it was mm-hmm. your most basic instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, we studied this when I taught Lord of the Flies because the kids get stripped down to their most basic animalistic feral instincts. And we, we psychoanalyzed the uh, the devolvement of their of their uh, their their sight of their minds in the book, which is amazing. That's my favorite part of that book. Yeah. Um, is what isolation does to you and what, you know, lack of society can bring out in a person, especially in children, because kids are fucking fearless. So mm-hmm. Exactly. But I, so can you repeat the definition one more time? Yeah. I, just that first I, sentence that you said. I just want to hear it. I was actually just again. about to go back to that. Oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> lovely. Because I, I wanted to say it again because it is so fucking powerful. And it's complex. So mm-hmm. everyone. Not to be confused with a complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Every, everyone carries a shadow. And the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. Ooh, it's very Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. So I like very, very much makes me think of sociopaths and how their like persona is their strongest one, mm-hmm. and you never see that shadow, mm-hmm. and then it bursts out of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what that means to me is basically the less that you look at what's going on with you, like the parts of you mm-hmm. that are broken, and. I'm going to say it. Everybody has a part of them that is not completely whole. Um, everyone has something <laughs> that they need to bring well, to the, the it's bring to the light. To the, and yeah, the, heal. you can't ignore the, the, the dark parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. We all have light and dark inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jedi got it wrong. You don't kill the dark side in order to bring balance to the force. That's not balance. Balance no. is finding balance between the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. So in order to find that balance, you have to poke it. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> you, accept, you have to look at it yeah, you, and accept it. And then you have to try to figure out why and how to bring balance to it so it doesn't burst out of you, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde style, in some crazy scenario. Exactly. So you don't have a breakdown or accidentally murder someone or... Mm-hmm have panic attacks all the time or you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. we just we have to look at that part of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and I embrace it rather than reject it I got Unless your darkest desires are like fucking kids or something like oh that. yeah go no get that shit fixed yeah. uh, don't act on that or embrace it yeah no. <laughs> go get that shit fixed go go, go talk about it talk therapy yeah but like I <clears throat> I got very good at ignoring my own shadows um, mm-hmm. Growing up, I got very good at ignoring them when I got into college. I didn't, um, in high school, I was told that I was being dramatic. Um, so I ignored them. And then I got mm-hmm. into college and had a bit of a drinking problem and um, <laughs> would slice my legs all the time yeah, because I, I couldn't, good. I couldn't 
understand that part of me that was so different and so quote unquote wrong. And I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't okay with it. So finally, I was just like, okay, I have to accept that this is a part of me. How do I get to the point where I can live, live a healthy life and this still be a part of me? And I've gotten to a point where I can. And not Mm self-harm. Yeah. And And, you also couldn't remember what was going on. Yeah. It was buried so deeply in your subconscious that you couldn't. Subconscious is different than the unconscious, by the Mm. way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, there were a lot of things that were buried. There were, and there was a lot of stuff that dreams had to tell me. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there is a reason that I cannot sleep without sleeping pills. There is a reason that and a gravity blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, <coughs> there are reasons that I have trouble sleeping with people that I don't know. I, I have mm-hmm. trouble in a dark room. There, there are reasons yeah. for all of that, and I'm slowly learning to overcome all of those things through this shadow part of myself that I let hide away for so long. When you don't... By getting to know the shadow mm-hmm. part of yourself and learning to live with it. Yeah. When you don't yeah. have anything to do with your shadow self, you are doing yourself a huge disservice because yes. that shadow... You cannot rep- that's when we get into repression, mm-hmm. and that is a very dangerous thing to do. Yeah, and I repressed for a very long time because that's what I had to do to survive, but now I was finally in a place where I could let that come out, and mm-hmm. my subconscious was like, okay, it's time. It's time mm-hmm. to meet your shadow self. It's time to come to terms with what happened, and you're yeah. going to be okay. You're going to be better because of it. And, and not all of us have that kind of trauma. And that's mm-mm. not, we're not trying to isolate anybody into thinking like you don't have a shadow. We all oh, have no. our own version of this. Mm-hmm. Like we all, we all have our own version of this. Mine is not nearly what Kay's is. Mine is more um, negative thoughts and insecurity and thinking that I'm less than all the time because mm-hmm. that's kind of what I felt I was told inadvertently, of course, through, through, you know, throughout my teenage years and, by my peers and by my, you know, unintentionally through some of my family members and stuff. And also stuff that I just concocted myself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Expectations that I put on myself that just are non-existent, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it it wasn't until you you sit down, thankfully I was in therapy enough to say, okay, wait a second. I got to figure this out. Yeah. You know? And uh, especially when I started having horrible panic attacks, that's when I couldn't function anymore. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got to talk to somebody. Like, <laughs> we got to figure this shit out. I can't live like this. Yeah. Um, it's the whole happiness versus suffering thing. And it may not manifest that way for you. Maybe you'll accidentally, maybe one day you'll fly off the handle and slap your kid in the face. Maybe one day you'll fly off the handle and tell your boss to fuck off. Or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it just... Maybe you'll have an insane amount of road rage for no reason. You know, it's just repression is such a dangerous thing and Mm -hmm. it's just not necessary anymore. We don't live in that society anymore. It is not the 1800s. (laughs) Yeah, no. Everybody is not in a shoebox anymore, you know? So we we have to look at ourselves and, and love every bit of ourselves. Exactly. And learn how to overcome that and redirect our thoughts and find that balance so and i try really hard to be really positive but on balance i listen to a lot of negative shit (laughs) yeah it's always in the guise of comedy Mm -hmm. it's always in the way of looking at negativity with positivity with comedy and laughter as opposed to just feeding the depression exactly yeah 
So mm-hmm. I found that, and that's a great coping mechanism. It is. It is. Um, and I am going to end with this. Um, Young stated that the shadow to be... Young stated the shadow to be the unknown dark side of the personality, quote unquote dark side. Um, according to Young, the shadow and being instinctive and irrational is prone to psychological projection in which a perceived personal inferiority is recognized as a perceived moral deficiency in someone else. Whoa, mm-hmm. that's flowery. What does that mean? So uh, <laughs> basically, it's an inferiority <laughs> complex is what it is. Yeah. So. Um, If any of you have watched Sex Education in the first season, you see Mm -hmm. Adam being extraordinarily horrific. Spoiler alerts ahead. Sorry. Spoiler alerts ahead. If you have not seen the first season, (laughs) skip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, skip for a second. But you see Adam being horrific to um, To Eric. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You see him being horrific to Eric because he knows that he's gay. He knows that Eric is well, gay and is able to be out and proud about it, and he can't. So well, um, sp- I'm going to spoil something for you in season two. Mm-hmm. Adam's bisexual, but mm-hmm. um, if we just look at the first episode, mm-hmm. just watch the first episode. He's he goes and talks to Otis about how he, there's all these expectations on him. He feels like, mm-hmm. and he's got the, he's like I've got this big penis, and everyone expects me to be so good at it, and I don't even know if she's enjoying herself, mm-hmm. and I just can't. I get it all up in my head. I'm the principal. I'm the headmaster's son, and there's just all these expectations, and I don't know who I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. and I can't come. <laughs> <laughs> I can't finish. Yeah, because I get too all up, too up in my head. And then it's, you know, of course, Otis gives him the beautiful advice of you have to own your own narrative. Yeah. You have to own who you are and stop thinking about whatever, what you think everyone else thinks of you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, um, but there, that. The inferiority thing is really cool, though. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you again for just a second. Like okay. the Dax goes into that in his podcast a lot too there's this whole thing of oh you think you're better than me but really it's i feel less than Mm -hmm. because of your success i feel less than and then you need to look at why you feel less than Mm -hmm. you can't blame somebody for being successful you cannot assume that they think that you're they're better than you that's not how it works you know Mm -hmm. it's we've got to get away from that phrase of oh you think you're better than me it's I feel less than. Mm-hmm. Why and why do I feel and less why than? why do I feel less than? And how can yes. I get to a point where I cannot feel less than? That where is Where I the... can be proud of people for their accomplishments mm-hmm. instead of feeling inferior. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Young writes that if these projections remain hidden, the projection-making factor then has a free hand and can realize its object if it has one, or bring about some other situation characteristic of its power. So, these projections insulate and harm individuals by acting as a constantly thickening veil of illusion between the ego and the real world. So that was beautiful. mm -hmm. I got chills. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Full body chills. (laughs) This is beautifully written. It's also cold in this room, but that was really lovely. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So... Um. Okay. Is that it? Did you say you were done? No, I'm not done. I oh, was okay. I was sorry. I thought you said <laughs> I'm going to close with this. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was closing with that for the shadow. So the oh, last okay. one we have is the self, which 
I had kind of a hard time differentiating between this and the persona, but okay. what I have generously copied and pasted here, um, <laughs> I think explains <laughs> it better than I could. So we're going to yes. learn together. So okay. <laughs> emergence of the self. Young considered that from birth, every individual has an original sense of wholeness of the self. So wholeness, like the self is feeling whole. Mm-hmm. But that with development. Knowing who you are and mm-hmm. this is what I like and this is what I don't like. That's how kids are. Yes. Yeah. So pretty much um, I'm kind of thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This would probably mm-hmm. be self-actualization. Um, if you all don't know what Maslow's hierarchy is, look it up. It'll I have be... issues with that too. But yeah, yeah. essentially, mm-hmm. essentially, I think it's kind of correct. Yeah. But- Uh, but you can everything can be poke you can poke a hole in anything i guess (laughs) (laughs) but like if you don't understand it look it up on google Google it real fast yeah it's it's super easy there's go to google images and type in maslow's hierarchy of needs Mm -hmm. you'll find a beautiful pyramid (laughs) yeah um it's really easy to understand too so very hard to describe on a podcast it's much Mm -hmm. more easy to look at yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that with the development of a separate ego consciousness crystallizes out of the original feeling of unity. This process of ego differentiation provides the task of the first half of one's life course, though Jungians also psychic, also sell psychic health as depending on a periodic return to the sense of self, something facilitated by the use of myths, initiation ceremonies, and rites of passage, which I thought was really interesting. Okay, I'm going to read that again because I'm very drunk. <laughs> that was a lot of words. It was. Um, I need to try and throw some inflection in there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very drunk. Give me a break. I know. <laughs> You're just um, like, ah, la, 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 la. I'm like, what? <laughs> words washing over me. <laughs> Say it again. Okay, so this process. I, think I get it, but. Uh. Uh, this process of ego differentiation provides the task of the first half of one's life course, though Jungians also saw psychic health as depending on a periodic return to the sense of self, something facilitated by the use of myths, initiation ceremonies, and rites of passage. So basically what I think this is saying is um, figuring out who you are is the first half of your life course. So... Young is very much into, like, your psychic health and spirituality, from what I can see here. Um, so, like, these rites of passage, like... Is he like, saying, like, you go, you go through rites of... Pa- by going through certain rites of passage in life, then you find out who... You see more of who you are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's revealing your true nature, kind of? Yeah. See, now, this is sounding like this is who you are at home. Mm-hmm. Self is who you are at home. Self is who you are with your spouse. Yeah. Significant other. Yes. This is who you you find your partner in life who loves you for yourself. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So, um, I found so, this. So, yeah, I think I agree with you. This would be self-actualization. This is figuring out who you are in the culmination of all of the things that you've just talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So we're going to kind of run through all these archetypes again. So under the self's guidance, a succession of archetypal images emerges gradually, bringing their fragmentary aspects of the self increasingly closer to its totality. The first to appear and the closest to the ego would be the shadow or personal unconscious, something which is at the same time the first representation of the total personality and which may need, which may indeed be at times conflated with the self. Next to appear would be the anima and animus, the soul image, which may be taken as symbolizing the whole self. Ideally, mm-hmm. Ideally, however, the animus or anima comes into play in a mediating role between the ego and the self. That makes sense, too. Mm-hmm. The third main archetype to emerge is the mana, um, which is the figure of the wise old man or woman, which I didn't go into. But it's a representative of the collective unconscious akin to the self. So I would say that that would be like your most basic instincts, kind of. No, your shadow is your most basic instinct. Well, shadow, most basic. The mana, most archaic, I should say. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thereafter... But it makes sense that you, your id would be your first thing to appear. Then your gender, mm-hmm. kind of, your your identity as far as who you are gender-wise-ish. Mm-hmm. Where you fall on the spectrum of gender. And then that would then inform yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. So thereafter comes the archetype of the self itself, <laughs> the last point yeah. on the route to self-realization of indi- individuation. God, that's a hard word when you're drunk. Individuation is a weird <laughs> word. <Yeah>. <laughs> In <laughs> Young's words. <laughs> they, they made a fucking verb out of a, out of a noun. <laughs> yeah, like, why? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Um, <laughs> Just say what you mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, as a totality, the self is therefore bright and dark, and yet neither. Yes. Alternatively... Balanced! Mm-hmm. Alternatively, <laughs> he said that, that the self is the total timeless man who stands for the mutual integration of conscious and unconscious. So, that... Those are the archetypes. Those are how they all kind of... Really cool. How the main ones work together, and um, it just... I thought how that they were... That- things how those things manifest these are the things that manifest in all of us mm-hmm. no matter what yeah so that's why he's saying that these are the things that are that we've inherited genetically these are behaviors that we've inherited even if we're not around people mm-hmm. this is what emerges yep exactly so we should be around people because some weird fucking behavior can also present itself <laughs> in isolation so <laughs> just <Yeah>. saying <coughs> but yeah that's right. my segment that's awesome. Good job. Thank you. All right. You ready for a game? I am. Okay. Hang on. Send it to me in yeah. a text. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're recording remotely again. By the way, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Because we're just too fucking busy. And it's cold and the weather is terrible. <laughs> so. And I have to work in the morning now. Yes. Which means I have to eat soon. (laughs) It's okay. We're going to take a break. All right. (laughs) This is funny. Okay. So this is our game, you guys, uh, called uh, By Drunk Sounder Stupid, called (laughs) If You Had To. I always want to say called Drunk Sounder Stupid. I don't know why. Um, (laughs) That would be a fun game. Yeah. Um, 
So basically, it's would you rather. So and I think it's my turn this time to go first. Did you get it yet? Nope. All right, it should be coming now. All right, here it is. All right, you ready? Okay. All right, so it's my turn to go first. So mm-hmm. would you rather, or if you had to, um, <laughs> you hold the record for the biggest boobs in the world, uh, or... <laughs> I think you'll like this one, and I'm going to go with it, too. Watch every <laughs> single episode of The Big Bang Theory nonstop, 224 uh, and counting. <laughs> yeah, I would be fine with that. I would yeah. totally rather do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My poor back. No. <laughs> Ugh, I hate how bo- how big my boobs are right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> I miss being thin. <laughs> uh, You're thin. Oh, You're goodness. very pretty. You're a very oh, pretty woman. You. I just w- I just don't feel healthy. So I understand. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And this is kind of a drier episode, but I think we had fun with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. We have been forgetting to plug this, but please go check out our good friend Amanda on the Lexington Bookie. Mm-hmm. Um, her bl- her bl- and her book blog, especially since a lot of people are deciding that everybody decides that they want to read more at the beginning of the year. So <laughs> head on over there, get some cool suggestions. You can also find lots of cool suggestions that she, lots of posts that she's done for us that coincide with some of our um some of our topic episode topics Mm -hmm. so um if there's something that you heard that you want to go and find out more more about definitely go ahead over there get her click counts up we're gonna have her back on again she was just so much fun absolutely Um, once everyone's schedules get a little chiller maybe in the summer (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and uh yeah so thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you on friday and remember you are not a monster Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.